0: Young People Giving Adults Advice With Leonie Tillman In this episode I interview a young person who's somebody I've worked with for quite a while at the Sydney Startup Hub he's somebody that's finishing his studies. He's also working in business and I know that he does some work in the arts as well. That kind of open-mindedness, humility and willingness to have a conversation with as many different people as possible is someone I find incredibly inspiring but I'll let him introduce himself.
1: So my name is Anthony. I'm 23 years old. I'm at university at uh, unisw i'm studying mechatronics engineering um hopefully graduating by the end of the year fantastic <laughs> um and also work part-time on the side so very busy
0: <laughs> yeah so what's what's your biggest passion in all of that
1: um for me i genuinely love building things and making things so i think my end goal like the reason why i did engineering was purely to make good things that I can give to people and show people, uh, show people like, uh, and sort of inspire people with what you can do with your hands or with your mind. Um, and yeah, that's, so that's the biggest thing. So hopefully uh, when I get out of there, I'll do some meaningful work. Um, I'm currently working at a medical place, which is very cool. So it's good to see, put my um, sort of uh, engineering skills that could help uh, to, to use that could actually help people.
0: All right. What's that about? Yeah.
1: Uh, so I, I work at a, uh, a new, like the startup building uh, defibrillators. So, we've uh, we've designed a um, sort of really compact uh, defibrillator that's a lot cheaper than the current ones in the market. So, um, the idea is to get as many defibrillators out there as possible, so um, can help solve the problem of people dying um, from heart attacks and sort of prevent that.
0: Wow, that's incredible. That makes me yeah. think of. Uh, Packer, who put them all in the ambulances after he'd had a heart attack.
1: Yeah, exactly. So the this same sort of aspect. Um, the uh, one of the founders, his wife um, had a heart attack at home, and he thought to himself, "Why, uh, why is it so difficult to get defibrillators?" And he looked looked around, and the prices were really super expensive. So he um, got together with uh, uh, some other really smart people and developed uh, the, 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 defibrillator they're working on at the moment. So it's very cool.
0: Wow. So is that the idea that they were, people would have them in their homes?
1: Yeah, Homes, cars, uh, at sporting events. Uh, cause I think the current laws at the moment is one defibrillator per building. So the idea is to have it everywhere. So then it becomes like a common thing, almost like a fire extinguisher.
0: Wow. That's incredible. Yeah. I know you're working on some other pretty amazing projects too.
1: Yeah. Um, it's, like, if you if you know me personally, I have like a lot of different projects I work on. For I get bored if I don't keep my hands busy. Um, so we're using AI to uh, pretty much build a, an advertising engine for for physical stores. So the idea is to help improve customer experience within stores. Um, so by basically collecting data um, and applying an uh, into a machine learning algorithm, we can help uh, like store owners. Improve their um, sales and things like that. It's a little bit different to um, medical work, but it's it's fairly interesting. Um, seeing how you can actually uh, how you can apply data into data uh in in the real world. Um, I also work on like another side project of mine is using uh, building drones. So currently, with a few university mates, um, we're building drones to uh, to help improve um, search and rescue applications. Um, Farming and agriculture, um, yeah. So basically, with that is we're, build, we're building sort of this long-range um, drone that you pretty much pack on, like uh, image sensors or uh, spray, crop sprayers, things like that. Because like we found currently in Australia, there's not much uh, when we when we spoke to a lot of people in the um, in the area, particularly particularly in agriculture, a lot of the current drones don't make the distances that we uh, that are required in. Uh, farmland so um, we've sort of uh, built a a medium to long range style drone that can probably survey up to about I think 30 40 hectares yeah so that's pretty it's pretty interesting we've we've got got together um, five years ago and it's been sort of chipping away at it so it's been fun Um, sort of sort of like more of a side project that we sort of use to learn new things rather than a business
0: (laughs) so how did you get into doing something like that
1: I, so I've always been hands-on because thanks to my dad because he, I think he taught me how to solder before I could write. Um, so I've always been building, um, like one of, my, one of my favorite hobbies is building model aircraft and uh, helicopters and RC cars. So when I was looking around to what to do for, uh, like what you need to go into, I did a um, early entry type thing at UNSW. So you can go in if you're, uh, you show off like cool projects you've done and uh, you talk to a, the uh, head of school, and you do an interview instead of uh, using your HSC marks. If you if you wanted, to, if you for example didn't get the right um, sort of ATAR or um, yeah, right sort of ATAR for to get into uni. Um, at, at that, at, when I did my interview, I was telling all the all this like cool stuff I built and like my nice background story of like how I got in, like how why I got into engineering, and he introduced me to a club at the uni called Create. Um, through there, because um, like I came from a school which really didn't have any sort of hands-on, like so, like uh, technical STEM stuff. It was a rant. It was more of an arts sports school. Um, that's what the that sort of focus was on. Uh, so when I got to uni, uh, so I got into UNSW and went to check out the club. I was like sort of amazed at all the cool stuff all these uh, people were doing. Um, so from there, I. I bumped into a few people uh, who were actually running the drone club at UNSW, and then um, from there got more involved. Uh, worked on a few projects uh, with them. So we built stuff for a challenge in Queensland called the Medical uh, Express Challenge, which was de- uh, designing real uh, high endurance drones for uh, for medical usage. The idea was to fly about thirty kilometers away. Land, pick up a blood sample, then fly back home, all completely autonomous. And yeah, from there, I, the, some of the guys graduated. I took on the, uh, like the role of like the head of that uh, project and then got together a few of my mates. I met 380 and then went from there.
0: <laughs> so wow. we started
1: building more and more and learning more and more. And then we started getting uh, contacts within uh, universities, so like usage lecturers got to know us a bit more. Uh, We started doing a little bit more work with uh, researchers and building stuff for them, and here we are today. So, um, like at the moment, we're working with a research lecturer on um, building uh, like a drone for his new. um, I can't say too much about it, but it's a new, new, uh, a new sort of agricultural product that he's working on. Um, So we're building the test jig for him, and we're working through a few. Like working with alongside him and a company. To sort of test out his his new product.
0: That's incredible. I guess what I'm taking from that is that you are doing things that you really enjoy, that you've enjoyed since you were a kid. Now you're doing them in an academic environment. And I also know that you do some work in the arts as well. So it's almost like the financial aspect isn't that important to you, would you say?
1: Not at all. Um, I think, I think it was my dad who told me or, um, yeah, I think it's my dad is like, you should do stuff that you really enjoy and like money will come later. Yeah. And, um, I know, I know that's sort of a big thing with other, uh, other people say the same thing too. It's like, if that's the sort of the secret of, uh, enjoying your work. Cause I know a lot of people come up to me and go like, uh, like why do you enjoy engineering so much? Or, uh, like, uh, you seem like you, you really love your work. And it's like, yeah, because I don't see the financial, um, aspect of it. Like, yeah, you, you do make a lot of money in this, especially in the tech field, but it's not my, my thing. It's, it's more so I want to do something that doesn't, uh, doesn't make me bored. Uh, and also has some sort of impact that sort of gives something back to people in some form where it's like building new technology that helps people or, um, just doing like interesting, like for example, uh, doing art projects is, is like one of my favorites because, um, particularly because uh, I like I always wanted to link sort of art engineering together because I always thought those a those two things are sort of polar opposites um, but seeing people interact with your art project and putting a smile on their face and sparking the curiosity that's that's like the makes me really happy because it's, it's super it's just really nice to see um, people getting some enjoyment out of your work you do
0: yeah I, find I think that's
1: I think that's valuable
0: <laughs> absolutely i I come from an arts background and then moved into business. and, as you know, Anthony and I know each other from the tech startup in startup hub in Sydney. and I'm not a techie. I'm in the startup world doing communication. So it is an interesting world coming from the arts and being in such a business space and interacting with so many tech people. I think that is there is a real lack of communication between those two worlds i'm i'm also think that's fascinating and how there's almost animosity between them much of the time
1: exactly yeah um yeah particularly in like in the um it's it's very strange like there's a there's a big divide between arts and technology but yet they uh but yet when you actually mix it together you build like such amazing things from it like especially when you with communication too you know i i know for a fact that uh engineers like ourselves struggle to communicate sometimes so when you have that link you can uh with with the art sector and communicators you can build like you can uh build something quite amazing out of it when you when both sides work together
0: yeah for sure and how do you think you learned that i mean you said you went to a school that had a bit of an arts focus more a humanities focus But do you think that's where you learned it, or where did that come from? Um,
1: I think it was just from interacting with various people. So um, when I was at uni, as well uh, a few years ago at uni, I was working on a bunch of. um, I was working on a project, basically, vivid Sydney installation uh, with the university, and so with that project, we had about. We had a mix of we actually what we designed it to be was to link the. the, the main campus, so the ones uh, the campus where the engineering department is, and the art and design campus up in uh, Paddington. So the idea with that project was to bring a, a bridge across the, those two um, sectors. Um, so when we started to interact with artists, like we would, when we would design something, we would, we would design a very technical, like there was no story behind it. So it would be like, uh, how would we brainstorm? Would be why don't we build this, uh, for example, a uh, tree and then add LEDs onto it. Yet when the, the artists came along to brainstorm, they would, um, create a story first. And that's where I sort of saw it. I was like, that's, that's probably the most, like when you can create a story and bring in the technical aspect behind that story, you can make something new. And that sort of sort of clicked in my head, I think, um, like in, in high school, I think I, I, uh, I, I despised uh, like the art side because there was no mixture of technology. It was all about the story. So when I would, um, like, for example, in art, uh, in art class, I would, I would always put a technical twist to my art projects. And I think one of my art teachers, like a few of my previous art teachers didn't really care about it too much, but one of my art teachers sort of saw it and like, oh, this is really cool. So like I kind of started brewing there. And then when I got into university and started working with people in the art sector, it's like, yeah. There's, there's definitely, there's, there def- should definitely be more of a mix here, and we, the, and connection between both sides.
0: Yeah. yeah, that's really interesting. I think that education aspect is so important, but it's making me think also about young people and adults interacting. And you're saying that a lot of people didn't see the potential in that, or didn't validate it as a piece of art. But if you yeah. think, if we sort of broaden out from that idea. And think about um, the ad- the sort of journey from young person through to through to adulthood what what do you think needs to be communicated between those two groups um
1: I think there needs to be like a two way street of listening and discussion um, so what I see missing between um Adults and children, like uh, just personally, is both sides think they know better than each other, rather than actually listening to both sides, like both like having a discussion between like both parties having a discussion and understanding. Okay, this is the points I put forward. This is the points I forward. What points can we both agree on and then move forward with? Um, it's like with uh. With parents and children, you'll notice that with parents who tend to listen to the children, they would have a better relationship. So, like if if you as a parent or as an adult give a child a chance to speak and say their words, you'll notice that they'll they'll have a, a different type of respect for you because you, they know that you're you're willing to listen. So to the, to what they have to say, and it means they'll be willing to listen to what you have to say. So it's like that sort of two way street type um, communication.
0: yeah Yeah, does that make sense yeah Yeah. it does yeah and i'm thinking also of uh, so many things going on in my mind right now but i'm also thinking i'm aware that you have a different cultural heritage as well how much of that do you think comes into it having from different cultural perspectives and how people interact with parents yeah
1: so uh for me uh like with my parents so my dad grew up uh he had a uh, so, like, my, my background heritage is Middle Eastern, so of course, it's that whole your parents are strict and they won't let you do things. Um, so, but my mom, on the other hand, she grew up majority of her time in uh the USA, so when I can sort of see that with like uh with my parents, so like my dad would be more strict towards things and he has more of a uh, more strict ideas, whereas my mom is a bit more flexible, so. as a kid what I used to do is I used to try out like whenever I do something wrong or if I was trying to um, negotiate something I would first test it on my mum because my mum would allow for that she would listen to me I would listen to her and we'll have that discussion and then I'll go with my dad so once I have my arguments built up I can go with my dad and discuss it with him Um, because I knew with my dad it's it's a lot more more harder to do because he's 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 less willing to listen because it's more so it's like he's the parent I'm the child, so he know, he would know better. I'm not I'm not saying that's a bad thing because it, it was good because it kept me in line. because <laughs> um, like it's like but it was good to have that uh the discussion point because I used to like to I used to love to argue. Uh like my parents still almost thought I was gonna be a lawyer rather than an engineer. <laughs> um but I think nowadays, uh especially when I'm a lot older, my dad's more willing to like uh listen to my side of things too. Uh, but I think that's because I've worn him out over the years. (laughs) So eventually it's become now it's like, it's, it's better off to have a discussion rather than to be strict to one, one sort of idea.
0: Yeah. That's amazing. I mean, it sounds like you've got the perfect balance between the two because yeah. I mean, how do you find that balance between, I I could imagine I'm not a parent, but I could imagine that being a really difficult line to strike. And it sounds like you just had it naturally with your, with your family.
1: Um, I think it's just more so. Um, it's like when you have, like, I think with all like things, you eventually learn uh, how to do it. It's Like my parents were young, so they they didn't have the experience either when when they had a kid uh, when they had a kid too. So they were, I think, yeah, they were my age now uh, when they had their first child. Um, of course, it comes with a learning experience. So like, of course, my my dad learned from. Like, uh, had, like, had a, had a parent from his parents, and likewise, it was like with my mum. On the other hand, she probably learned from because she was, uh, the oldest in her family, so she was also taking care of, like, her brothers and sisters, uh, when she was younger. Uh, well, like, well, my grandparents used to work, so she, she had a bit more of a, a, like, sort of a bit more, uh, like, sort of more flexibility with her parenting style, um. So yeah, it's, 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 I think it's guessing, I'm kind of lucky that I had a good sort of mix of, like I had either side of parenting. So I had flexibility and um, as well as a mixture of strictness, which is, I think is good because you can develop, I think for a child as well, is like if you can learn discipline as well as learning how to discuss and formulate your ideas, it is very helpful uh, in your sort of, as you grow up and grow older because you learn how to negotiate, but you also know the boundaries of discipline.
0: Yeah, that yeah. sounds that sounds apt. I agree. What about um I mean you are an adult now. But what yeah. do you <laughs> want from adults or people who are your superiors, I guess, people who are older than you? What do you want from them?
1: Um I think the greatest thing is listening to uh new ideas and expanding sort of your mindset. Cuz I know I was I was chatting to a friend of mine yesterday about um like just, just for example, with like uh, the protests and have things happening here, and like, like, why do people? Uh, s- like there's like that idea people do sit, get stuck in in their own uh, their own values, um, which is quite dangerous because if you get stuck in your own values, you you never really progress because you you're not constantly learning or con- constantly educating yourself on um, sort of what's what's happening around you. Um, so. I see this a lot, just for example, in the uh, tech sector, especially in when working in startups. Or oh, the reason why I kind of work in startups is is purely around the fact that there's always that idea of challenging, uh, challenging the, the norm and challenging ideas. And that's why I'll never get to work in the corporate sector, just because it's so stuck within the like stuck within their values. Um, so for me, it's it's basically on the idea of constantly, constantly learning, constantly. Uh, challenging your own values, and constantly um, like seeking seeking change and seeking uh, seeking change as well. So, what I would love for like for example uh, for people older than myself is to sort of listen to new ideas, but also don't be afraid to um, stick by your ideas, but learn how to actually learn how to argue your ideas and, and for like why they they seem the most correct for that circumstance, because you don't want to uh, constantly change and not have, um, you don't want to be, uh, you don't want to throw your values completely, but you just want to work on them and improve them. Because everyone, everyone's different, everyone has their own sort of ideas of how things should work. But if you learn how to actually argue or how to, uh, how to argue your, your values properly, it helps people who are trying to learn from you understand why you believe that way. And then they can sort of help improve, uh, sort of build on their, their values that they think about. So I think that's good. sort of like, yeah, yeah. so sort of like sharing that idea of educating and building upon and moving forward, I, I think is, is what people should be, like people all of me should be looking into.
0: Yeah, it sounds like you would have been great in the debate team at uni or at school
1: the you know, Funny thing is I should never never enjoyed it.
0: <laughs> oh, but you did it, did you? You just did it reluctantly.
1: No, I just I just never I never had interest in it, I think. I, I only learnt that I enjoyed uh, debating later on. It's like I used to like for me, I used to spies. I used to enjoy mathematics. I hated uh, I hated things like English, but like now uh, when I grew like just growing up a bit more and like I understand what my teachers were, were saying, especially in English. Um I think I, I think it really, really clicked with me was my U Twelve U uh, Twelve um, teacher. She uh, she worked out. Uh, this, is, this is this is where it comes to uh, sort of building upon your values and uh, building upon uh, sort of constantly learning about how you should approach things and changing your values. So she picked up particularly with my English class that we're all very uh, math based. Um, mm-hmm. Like, we, we love science. A lot of us did, like, all three sciences plus uh, design courses or, uh, like, very technical courses. Um, so she sat down with each student and asked them, like, what's your favorite subject? Uh, what do you enjoy about those subjects? And then she started formulating, um, formulating like, the, she, she, she sort of did personalized uh methodology for us, like how do we approach English with, with our sort of backgrounds? And that's where I sort of picked up on, I think it comes also comes back to the arts thing too. That's, that's where I sort of picked up on everything sort of linked together. Like with, in English, there's a science to formulating your argument in an essay. Um, in arts, of course, there's a, there's a technical background to, to expressing your ideas. Um, and yeah, so I, I think that's, I, going back to your previous question, I think that's, that's where it's kind of picked up or I picked up on on, on that
0: yeah yeah I think um, school is an interesting one, and i I'm just thinking back to when I understood that, yeah, arguing was it was a good thing. I think similarly, my my mother thought I think I was going to become a lawyer as well because I was probably <laughs> good at arguing. But um, I remember I was probably about twenty four or five, I think, before I understood how to debate a point. It, it, I, I think I was a bit of a late developer. It's not to say that I didn't you know, argue with yeah. people, but I think I, I learned the value of of debating ideas. And I can distinctly remember the situation when I was saying about a friend, we were hanging out with his friends and they were all having these really lively debates. And I said, wow, I could never discuss like that. I just, I was very aware of being silent and not putting my thoughts forward. And I said, they all know so much. And he laughed. He said, they don't know anything. We're all just throwing ideas around. Nobody really had any knowledge. And I thought, oh, that was a aha moment where suddenly it all fell into place. I think things changed from that point.
1: Yeah. And I also think, um, like for me, it was just mainly, I was, I just purely, I think politics was the one that got me into expressing my ideas a bit more so uh when I was in high school like uh I wasn't really sort of into it because I think because I grew up I went to a a school which was kindergarten to year 12 so I wasn't I didn't really sort of venture out to um just because in my area there wasn't very much schools around so um and the schools that were uh, around were severely underfunded so my parents uh, of course put me into a a private school um so I was kind of like sort of Sheltered, <laughs> I would say, I hundred percent say, I was sheltered in, in sort of like this, like private school environment. Um, but when I uh, also, but I did have friends outside, and we would we would discuss things. But I just never had a strong opinion. Um, but when I got out, like when I first, first started voting, I decided to look into like what each part, like, because I want to see, like, surely, like, surely, voting has some sort of uh. Some has some sort of um like use so i decided to look into like, how, like what's the like the optimal ways of voting like how do you like which what party is supported and things like that and i started to understand okay this this like i started to learn about all these different things and then from there i like, I started looking to like got more involved with like understanding uh like news stories understanding this like the stories behind it and of course you stumble across youtube videos and like how to um express your ideas more so i think for me it was lucky that we have youtube is now more prominent compared to um how it was before then um so i like i started to learn about like the uh how to push forward your points properly um of course like using techniques i learned in high school from my uh english teacher u12 and then it kind of just kicked off from there it's like then i started to become i started to realize that people are quite quiet with their ideas which isn't which isn't good because that's not that's not a good way to progress in society you should be sharing ideas within each other um particularly in history like you'll see that the reason why we had such good advancement was there's a lot of sharing of ideas and pushing things forward um, and a lot of discussions um so yeah from there it's just that that same sort of pathways like you you start finding more diverse friends uh, you start sharing, uh, you, like you build a, you build like a group where you're not afraid to talk to each other about ideas, challenge, like challenge different norms, um, and see like, is and then toy with your idea with other people. See if, the, if your idea is actually, uh, is your idea actually supported by other people? Um, and then you can start learning and you can start having debates where you start, uh, we, we, you purposely talk to people outside of your, your box I think that's quite important too, is like talking to people outside the circle that you, uh, you work with or you, uh, you go to school with or um, you, your, your general friendship group. And I think a lot of, uh, I think a lot of yo- uh, young people as well, uh, who, uh, who asked me as well, it's like, uh, how do you, um, like, I can't really talk to other people. And it's like uh, about these ideas and it's like, if you can't really talk to the, your uh, to other people, then you should actually be actively expanding your friendship groups or actively putting yourself into situations where you can discuss it with people com- completely different to you. Because that's how, and because what you can do is then is you'll find out if your argument is wrong. You can either uh, re rechange your values or try and restructure your argument. So then, when you come back to have another discussion with another person. Um, they can either learn from you, or you can learn from them, and or you both learn from each other, and then you both go out to your, like, to other people, and you start spreading these these type of new ideas, and then you test them out that way. So I think it's yeah, that's it's 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 a very interesting pathway how you get to that point.
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think that that's yeah. I mean, I feel like I could talk on that subject alone for hours on end. Oh, but yeah. <laughs> how do you? Yeah, I mean, that idea of just staying open and, and listening and being able to respond, but interested in the answer. I think that's always something it's really hard as a human being probably is to sit and wait and listen to the answer.
1: Yeah. I think that's a, that's a, it's, I think it's a cause of problems with a lot of things. Like it's the idea of it, the, the, the communication is two things. You, you express your idea, but you have to listen. Like you have to give that opportunity to listen to what other people have to say because, um, you uh, you don't realize how much information that you you miss out on without just just listening and uh, sh- shutting up and just listening to see what um, what other people have to say because it it yeah but yeah I'll, 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 put, I'll keep going on that point <laughs> I don't go too far on that but yeah it's this importance of listening is very important in this day and age
0: yeah absolutely so h- who do you look up to most today? That's a good question. To completely change the direction of yeah. the conversation. <laughs> um,
1: I think I got. Because I base my values on. Uh, yeah. So. I have like I think I, I I have, different people I look up to for different things, so for me it's like for hardworking it's always been my dad, uh because he, uh he started off as a like drop uh, dropped like he left year uh, year 10 went straight into apprenticeship and it's always worked hard for all of his life and that's like that determination has always inspired me to do what I will do now it's uh so like that's like working hard has always been my dad um for like I think engineering it's always been like I used to to love Mythbusters as a kid I used to love I used to watch that show religiously so uh, guys like um, Adam Savage from MythBusters has always been sort of a person I would like to look up to in terms of like how he combined art and engineering, particularly for him because he was the set designer. Um, and also uh, another one from MythBusters Grant Amihara. uh I think that was where I got into got interested in robotics because um, he was a uh, he was actually a, uh, in yeah um, I think college he was. He he was like at a point where he was sort of failing subjects, and it was it wasn't until he found someone that uh, that like helped him. He sort of built himself up again and built, uh, went on to do cool things. Uh, and I think for me as well it's like of course when you're at university you do fail a few subjects, so like like learning from him like how he overcame and that sort of helped me through like my university years. Um, and then it's just people just people in general who are passionate about things so i really enjoy talking to people who have interesting life stories so just there's not really one particular person but just people in general who have interesting stories like not famous at all um that that like enjoy talking about their life experiences and i'm willing to share their life experiences i I value people like that quite a lot like that's that inspires me a lot because they're out there doing their thing not making a fuss about it um, and they, that really like it just really like people who are who are smart uh, level-headed who like to talk about their experiences talk about their hardships and also willing to be open like p- just people in general like that just inspire me uh, on a daily basis
0: yeah you you mentioned people talking about their hardships and you also alluded to your own failures at university and things like that. How, how important is failure?
1: Oh, 100%. So, <laughs> um, for me, I hated failing. So I just, me, uh, like my as a kid, I, I just did not like mm-hmm. failing. I, I hated disappointing people. Um, so I threw school. I was, um, like I worked hard. Um, I think, yeah, I, I think it's a problem with school too. Uh, it's becoming now it's like, you don't learn to fail. Um, so, like, yeah, throughout high school, I was working hard, doing doing things like that. And then when I got into university, I did electrical engineering first. Um, I thought that was what I wanted to do. Um, turns out it wasn't what I wanted to do. <laughs> um, so when I like in my first and second year of university, that was probably the hardest thing because I was I was failing subjects just because I got bored, and I didn't realize I was getting bored. I was more so I was doing it because I. I wanted, like, I I think I was doing it because I selected it, not stick with it. I think that's that's kind of a, a bad trait. Is like, if you, if you realize something is not going well, don't stick with it and change. But I was too proud, <laughs> um, and I was like, I, I did not want to seem like I was failing. So, I think it came to a point at, at my I think my second year of uni. It's like, nah, this is this is not going anywhere. Um, I really have to sort of let go of the fact that. You're never gonna actually um you, there's gonna be failure in life, and you have to understand that it's gonna be failure in life. Um and I like just working with my own parents, like they've experienced failure too. Um, but they I think they never never share that when they were, uh when I was younger. Like my mum was open to me failing like uh failing things, but I just never told ta- I would never tell her that I was failing things. Um, or was like experiencing hardship because I just didn't want to show them that um, that I, actually, I didn't want to disappoint them. I think that's the, that's the thing. Uh, I just didn't want to disappoint disappoint them in uh, and show them that yeah I, I'm not the not the good child, something like that. <laughs> um, so yeah, in in, uh, in second year of high school, so uh, sorry, second year second year of uni, I told my parents like I'm not not doing well at, at university. I was, I was, that's like for a scary moment of my life because it's like, what are they going to think? And they are like, okay, what do you want to do now? I'm like, oh, I, 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 th- I think I want to do mechatronics engineering because I think that that's better suited for me because it's more robotics rather than electrical engineering, which for me wasn't uh, what I thought it would be. And they're like, okay, go do it. I'm like, okay, then I'm going to go do it. So I think, I think from that point on, I just realized there's nothing to be afraid of with failing because it actually helps you learn. Um, So yeah, from that point on, uh, failure, there was, I think failure, it doesn't, it still kind of scares me. I still don't want to fail because there's still that fear of loss, but I'm starting to learn, like as you grow, as I grow older, I'm starting to learn that failure is a very good thing. And if you can use it to your advantage to help build something new, uh, build a new path as you, as you grow older, it's, were definitely useful so now like now I pass that on to young uh, like for uh, like young engineers who are like st- uh, starting up at uni I always pass on that message is if you you start to see that you're not you're no longer doing uh, well at something or you're no longer having interest in something or if you're afraid at failing um, I pick up on that very quickly and then see how you can change your path or uh, move on from it or experience the failure so that you can see uh, see what's going on like uh, see what's going to happen so I think also failure is a very good thing because it helps you it helps ground you very quickly because <laughs> that, that that thing, that fear and realization you're like ah oh, okay I was over exaggerating all, all this time
0: <laughs> yeah I wonder yeah. if we can ever get to a point where we can get excited about failing and knowing knowing in advance all the good things that are likely to come from it
1: yeah, I think it's, I think it's also comes to the person's personality too. Cause like failure is very, uh, like people who really enjoy failure. Um, also, uh, tend, I think tend to be, I'm not sure, I, I think I was reading about this somewhere, but also tend to be quite, uh, quite willing to take risks. Um, like for me, I'm very risk adverse. Uh, I've always been risk adverse, but I think when you start to, uh, when you start to learn, uh, when you start to uh, f- uh, fail a bit more and start to understand it, your, your chances of jumping into something new is quite high. Um, so yeah, I definitely, I'd definitely be, be very interested to see how, if we all come to a point where re- failure is um, accepted. And I think it's, I think it will be, um, it, it is starting to be now like with, uh, with actually like with parenting as well, people, uh, parents are starting to realize it's good to let your kids fail to see what it feels like and understand, how you can get over that sort of that icky feeling of failing. Um, yeah, so, but also in business too, like uh, corporations not, uh, who will always stick by the rules of like, this is this has always worked and that's it, we're not going anywhere, anywhere further. It's like, that's not how innovation, <laughs> innovation works in the past. Like you have to take some sort of risk to see what would happen. But I think you get sort of tied up in like um, red tape and things like that you don't want to move forward like you, do, you don't want to sort of break the success or break this like that good feeling at the, that you're having at the moment
0: yeah there's such an impetus yeah. to keep growing from what you created the last quarter and you have to show your figures that are always growing and I think yeah you hear people like Simon Sinek and so forth talking about how dysfunctional that can be in innovation these days. But I think there's more and more people, yeah, discussing that kind of thing and the anti-fragility. Yeah, yeah there's a whole was, raft of things going on now, I think, in that area.
1: I was, I was reading, uh, uh, I think, a year ago on, um, I think there's a story on why Google no longer innovates. And that was that was particularly interesting because it's like they, they were talking about how there was so much gr- uh, red tape around innovation at Google um, that a lot of a lot of their good uh, like good workers just end up leaving because they're just, they're just tired of having to stick to stick by the rules and stick by these these set sort of things. So that's why um, I think that's also uh, that's why they, that Google just ends up buying out companies because there's there's no longer um, they want they they no longer risk it anymore because it's like oh this company's doing well we'll just buy them out now. It's like it's, it, there's no there's there's none of that joy of uh, we're creating something new within the company rather than just we'll we'll just wait for to see how this company turns out and just buy them out.
0: Yeah, I think um, that impetus too to just survive. Yeah. If you're a little startup and you've got a problem and you want to solve it, you're like a dog with a bone trying to trying to get ahead.
1: Yeah, exactly. It's like you, you have that sort of fear in the back of my, like you have that yeah. Like I think failure is good as well. Like having that fear of failure is also very good because it keeps you going. Um, but the, I think the point is when you do fail, it's not to linger on it and it's like to learn from it. I think that's the key thing here. So failure is good. Like the fear of failure is good just to keep you going, but learning from, um, like learning from failure is the most important thing. So if you can learn from it and move on and not linger, that's, that's the biggest thing I think.
0: Yeah, absolutely. There's just two final questions that we're asking everyone. Uh, the first one is what advice do you want to give adults?
1: That's a good question. I think keeping to the theme of today, I think the biggest the biggest thing we, uh, I love to tell adults is um, don't be afraid to learn something new. Um, like that saying, you can't teach an old dog new tricks is not true. You can teach an old dog new tricks. <laughs> um, and I think if you're, if, of course, if you're willing to be open to learning and open to taking on new ideas and op- uh, open to like educating yourself and wanting to move forward, and in life, I think it's definitely it's it's definitely one thing I'll do is like just be just be open to picking up new ideas, open to learning, open to educating yourself.
0: Yeah, fantastic. And what would you do if you were leading the world? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> just a small question to finish with.
1: <laughs> if I was leading the world, I would hire people smarter than me. <laughs> <laughs> Great. Yeah, I think that's, that's the key thing is you're you're, no, uh, you're not as smart as you think you are. So I would hire people smarter than me and then we'll sit in a room and bring in more and more people to uh, sort of educate us as well because we were, we we're not also the smartest people in the room.
0: Yeah, that <laughs> takes that's, quite that's a bit of humility as well, doesn't it?
1: Yeah, yeah, definitely. You have to step down your, your high horse and actually understand that there are people smarter than you. There are people with different experiences than you. And you should definitely uh, you should be open to all all sorts of ideas.
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's great. Yeah, thanks so much, Anthony. It's incredibly informative. I think um, there's a number of things that I'm thinking about that I'm going to try and take into my life. I think it's just how do you how do you hold on to all these things on a daily basis? It's it's really it's, important it's- to revisit them regularly.
1: Hundred percent it's yeah. good fun actually I quite kind of enjoyed this <laughs> yeah
0: great yeah I'm glad thanks so much all right thank you very much thanks for having me thank you so much for listening to this episode if you want to find all the others just go to your favorite platform young people giving adults advice and hit follow because we'll be releasing a new episode each Wednesday thanks so much for your support With the help of March Made Media and Leonie Tillman at English for Business.